Welcome to Highway Christian Community Sermon Downloads. For more sermons, please visit our website. We know you will be blessed as you listen. Take care and God bless. It's an honor and a privilege to be standing in front of you all today. Um, This word of just experiencing rest and peace through intimacy has been on my heart for a while, the intimacy for a long, long time, but the rest has come probably over the last 10 years, and God's just really been um, emphasizing it more and more and more in my life, and I really believe it's a state that all of us need to enter into, to strive to get to, simply because for your own health, it will be good, and just for the mere fact that we are Christians, we are the salt of the earth, we are a light, we change atmospheres, and if you're walking around with a whole lot of stuff that hasn't been dealt with, that's not going to happen. So I'm going to just share with you quickly intimacy and then rest. And um, last year in October, Dave and I had um, the privilege of going to the Drakensberg for two weeks with my folks, and um, it was just such a blessed time, but what I want to, to say to you, the one morning I got up and I was just having some coffee and I really found a quiet place and the sun came up behind me and you know in the berg there's mountains everywhere and this glow of goldness just on this mountain just whirled up that song within me. Show me your glory, Lord. Show me your glory. And suddenly I had this expectation well up in my spirit like, God was going to reveal something to me. And so I, I like got all excited, and sometimes this is what I do. Um, he shows me something, I get excited, and forget to spend more time with him just to let him chill me again. Um, so anyway, we went down, we had breakfast, and then my dad said, let's go for a walk along the river. So the whole way along the river, I'm thinking, this is going to happen. Like God's going to show me something. I had no idea what it would be. But I was just expecting, expecting the whole time. And eventually, nothing happened. So we, we chilled the rest of the day. We went down to the swimming pool, and we were laying down at the pool. And it was a hot day, nothing happening. There were um, a whole lot of retired folks, and, and one lady was in 85, hey, in like 80s and 70s, all sitting around the pool as well. And I landed up chatting to two old ladies. And just exciting to hear that they're from Belito, but God's doing things in Belito. He's doing things all over the world. And there's just this excitement when you meet other Christians. You like can't stop talking about what God's doing and the things he's doing. And um, so anyway, finished talking to them, went and lay down. And I was literally almost in that dozy, falling asleep mode. And a violent wind came up, like violent. The, the umbrella started spinning above us. Leaves were thrown everywhere. Um, it was just incredible. I sat up, and as I sat up, the swimming pool in front of us, uh, this wind, took the pool up into a wave, the water, spun it around like this into a mini tornado, one meters, two meters, three meters, and then boom, down. And I'm looking at this, and I'm going, what? 
the heck was that God? And I suddenly remembered my, my experience like expectancy. And God's, God in his spirit just said to me so clearly, that was the wind of my breath. So I go like this. There's like hardly any wind. If you, if you go like this, put your hand in front of your mouth. You, you can't feel yourself breathing. It's like there's like hardly anything there. So I thought like you can't even blow a candle out if you just breathe over it. You've got to blow. So I'm, I'm thinking, my goodness, the red seam, he must have blown like he was blowing a candle if that was just his breath. But um, God also spoke to Job out of a whirlwind. So it was quite exciting for me. But I think what I want to emphasize with you is that the intimacy came, then the expectation came, then the rest came, and then the receiving came. And in that order it came. One of the old ladies actually from the other side, when the water fell down like that, they all got sopping wet. She came running up to us, very excited, and she actually gave us the word. She said, God said to her, rest. And I still thought at the time, rest? That was like hardly resting, that big whirlwind going around like that. But it was only, it was only when I started pondering it later, and I realized God was saying to me, it's, it's in the rest. That absolute peace. That even though... The world is against you, and the situations are against you, and your finances don't look good. And even if you are sick, and even if you've got kids that have gone astray, no matter what you are going through, there is a rest that comes over the people of God, that God has me. He has got me. Every word that was spoken here this morning, Lee coming up, the little Zach on her back, such a beautiful picture. He's got me. There's no effort when he's got you. You're not um, oblivious to those things going on in your life, but it's getting to a place where you know the God that you serve is bigger than the problem. It's gazing at the problem and, and just glancing, uh, at least glancing at the problem, gazing at him. Just keep your gaze on him. There's that word, that song that says, look into, when, when the world is everything going around in the world, look into his marvelous light. And the things of the world will grow strangely dim in the, in the glory of his glorious light. Something like that. But it's a beautiful song. And sometimes we need to do that. Just gaze into who he is and what he's done. So, the word is full of scriptures. Jeremiah twenty nine thirteen talks about seeking me and you will find me. In Proverbs 8, verse 17, it says, I love those who love me and those who seek me find me. He is a rewarder of those who diligently and earnestly seek him. Jesus is our example in everything. And even when it comes to intimacy, He's our example. In Matthew 14, 23, it says, He went up on a mountainside by himself to pray. When evening came, he was alone. So 
So intimacy. Lesson one, be intentional. It has to be something you are going to do. Not something you wish to do, something you plan to do, something you want to do. It's like making an appointment with someone and going having coffee with someone and then pitching for the coffee appointment. And when you're in a meeting with someone and that person's important to you and what they're going to say to you is important to you, you're going to take a pen and you're going to take a piece of paper. Okay? And, and I'm saying this to you because these are important things. When, when I first came to know the Lord, um, and I say first came to know the Lord, I, I gave my, Lord, my life to the Lord when I was probably about 12, but it was only when I was about 19 that the reality of what he's given us, that we should be raising the dead and healing the sick and driving out demons and deaf people hearing and blind people seeing. And, I, and that like stirred in my spirit, like, why are we not seeing it in the church? We, we need to see this. And so I became hungry for him. And I went to a Benny Hinn conference. And um, I'll never forget, he, he had two chairs on the stage. And he said, we all know that we are seated in Christ. The Bible says you are seated with Christ in heavenly places. As he is, so are you in this world. So as he is, what is where is Christ right now? He's seated, okay? As he is, at this point in time, he is seated. So he is at complete rest. He has finished with his work. He did what he had to do. And the rest is up to you to walk it out, okay? You don't have to try and... and Strive in the sense of um, work, 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 work from a worldly perspective, striving. And, and I say that because I was about seven when my grandfather came into our relationship and did things he shouldn't have done with me. And it caused everything in my heart to push him away. Between 7 and 10, I got a picture of my dad doing the same thing. And so it pushed my dad away. And so the two men in my life that were supposed to be the anchors of my life and speak over my life, I just, I had no respect anymore for, no love for. And I went into this striving mode of trying to win them back. But in the same time, I didn't, I didn't like what they did, so I pulled back. And there was this, this, I want you, I don't want you, I want you, I don't want you. And that relationship just became this tug of war. So I, st- I strived everything. I, I became a prefect at school. I made SA schools hockey. I made SA under 21 hockey. Everything was just about getting better, doing better. And suddenly at 19, God started talking to me. And he said to me, stop striving. And I became hungry. And that hunger would wake me up at 1 o'clock in the morning, at 2 o'clock in the morning, at 3 o'clock in the morning. I was so hungry for him. I got into my room and I would had these scriptures around the room. Those who hunger after the Lord will find him. Though the lions grow weak and hungry, those who seek the Lord shall lack no good thing. 
My God shall supply all my needs according to his riches and glory. He is my teacher, my counselor, my advocate. He is all things to me. And I started getting those words into my heart and into my heart and into my heart. And we need to be intentional about getting his word into our hearts. We need to be intentional. Because when those times come, and they will come, the Bible says you're in the world. And in this world, you will have trouble. Okay? But take heart. For he's overcome the world. He has, he's sitting. He's in a good place. He's seated and he's helping us. The Bible says he intercedes on behalf of the saints. He intercedes for us. He prays for us. He's given us a helper, the Holy Spirit, who never leaves us, promises to never leave us or forsake us. So we can say with confidence, if God is for us, who can be against us? There's so much, guys, there's so much in the word that you can take the Psalms, you can take Proverbs. You can fill your life with His Word and make that Word become a part of you. Um, I said to Dave the other day, you know, I'm going woo this way, and it's fun. The Word of God is sharper. Where is it? For the word of God is living and active and sharper than any double-edged sword, piercing even to the point of dividing soul and spirit. Dividing soul and spirit. You see, the spirit is truth. Our souls um, are still trying to understand the things of the spirit and come in alignment with the spirit. And, and when you deal with drug addicts and you deal with people with addictions and we've just come out of a whole month of that, you, you realize that... The soul is very much alive and more alive in many people than the spirit is alive in them. It's like they don't even know that they've got a spirit, the brand new creation inside of them. And so to try and explain to them, guys, you've, you've received this Holy Spirit. If you look in the mirror, you're still the same. You are still, still looking the same. Okay? You still think the same. You still got the same mom, the same dad. Everything else is still the same. Still, All of those things are the same. But it's the Holy Spirit that's come into you that's now your peace and your joy and your long-suffering. And he's everything the Spirit is, righteousness, peace, and joy. So when you're feeling depressed, you say, the joy of the Lord is my strength. When your finances are wrong, you say, my God shall supply all my needs according to his riches, not mine, according to his riches and glory. Though he was rich, yet for my sake he became poor, so that I through his poverty might become rich. You see, you've got to get those scriptures in you so that they can come out as a double-edged sword. The word of God is a sword coming out of your mouth. It becomes a double-edged sword. Okay? And that cuts through anything that your soul is trying to win you for, and the Spirit is saying, I'm not that. I'm greater than he that is in the world. Greater than he that is in the world is inside of me. Okay, joy. Depression does not have anything on joy, the joy of the Lord. 
your finances. You've got to speak that over your life, guys. I cannot tell you enough. I've been through that. I've gone through a divorce. I know what it is to have nothing in my bank account and go, God, I, I've got like five days left of this month. I don't have petrol in my car. I'll go and pick up some post and open it up and there is a check from Etiquini for 3,000 rand. His timing is perfect. His timing is perfect. But it's getting that word into you and not allowing the enemy to have victory over you. You see, the people, when you want to get into rest, God says that the people in the wilderness, 40 years, 40 years, they wandered in the wilderness. It was, a, it was like something ridiculous, like a week's trip. 40 years because of their groaning and their moaning. Groaning and moaning and bitter. I want to go back to Egypt. God's trying to kill us. There's no food. Take us back there. Always moaning at God. Why are you allowing this? Take us back home. And God got angry with them and said they'll not enter my rest. But he promises to that rest for us today that we will enter that rest. That rest is for us. So I'm asking you guys, please, if you get yourself into that place that you're moaning, stop yourself. Stop yourself. Okay? David encouraged himself in the Lord when he needed to encourage himself in the Lord. And he wrote, like the Psalms, he wrote so much. He had a relationship with God. The Bible says he was a man after God's heart. You need to encourage yourself in the things of God. Take the word of God, not, not motivational thinking. See, God, God is constant. He never changes. His joy is eternal. So even when things are going bad, you've got peace. Even when things are going bad, you've got joy. You can't explain it, but it's there. And, and that is the peace he talks about constantly, constantly, constantly in, in his word. So lesson one is be intentional. Lesson two is be alone. Jesus went up to the mountain away from the crowd and he found a quiet place. I get up early in the morning. That's my quiet time when the rest of the house is sleeping and the phones don't get ping, ping, ping at 5 o'clock in the morning, hopefully. But it's, um, <clears throat> it's, when, I grab, sorry, it's when I grab a cup of coffee and, and I just go and chill with him. And I listened to the Bible in one year with Mickey Gumbel. And um, I don't know what you, what you want to do. If you've got a scripture that you work through, I just find that, that those scriptures seem to flow with what's happening in my life. When I need that scripture, it seems to be on that day. So it works for me. I don't know if, you, if God en enlightens scriptures to you. Sometimes I hope that if you get like um, Hebrews, if you don't know where to start, and just get some truth into you. But read, just start reading. And when something jumps out at you, because it will, because that's what the Holy Spirit is, the Word is sharper, it's alive, it's always talking to us, it will, it will come out at you. 
and he'll give you something that you need. See, because what you need and what you need is very different. God knows you intimately, and he knows what you need for your life. So that alone time is really important. Not everyone does the evenings. I mean, the mornings, some people do evenings, some people do lunch times. I've got a son who surfs, and he says when he's out on the surf, that's where he talks to God. You see, it's, it's, it's awesome that we've got a father, and we're a family. I'm, I'm chilled. I was, like, very nervous earlier, and I suddenly thought, but this is my family. I'm, like, chilling with my family. What am I worried about? I mean, if I make a mistake, you're not going to stone me. But get alone with God because he, he longs to talk to you. He longs to have a one-on-one with you. Joe, he's crazy about you. I'm looking at you and he's just crazy about you. He loves you guys so, so much. I know he loves you because, man, even when I messed up so badly, and, and a lot of you will know this, I messed up so badly. My life, my marriage, everything. And God pursued me day in and day out. I woke up one night, I had a dream. And in this dream, while I was in the middle of an affair, God took me to the devil's playground. And I entered through this gate. And pride and lust and hope, false hope, all came and stroked me and said, Come, come, we're going to take you onto this roller coaster. And they put me on this roller coaster, and I started flying off on this roller coaster. And it just started getting faster and faster. And I remember looking back at the gate where Jesus had let me come in. He had let me because it was my choice. When we sin, it's our choice. We can't blame this world for your sin. You make a decision when you decide to do something that's wrong. God warns us about those things. He's there. He promises to never leave you, never forsake you, and he doesn't. But when you bomb like this into the devil's territory, you are going to get the devil coming at you because he hates you with an intense hate. And he will try and kill you. The Bible says he comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. And he will try and kill you. I was going through this um, on this roller coaster, going faster and faster and faster. And eventually guilt and pride and everything else started jumping. They, it was like they were even afraid of what was coming. And uh, at the end of this roller coaster was this massive big whirl, whirlpool going round and round and round like this, this swirling, this blackness. And in it were the words spiritual blindness around and around. And you see, God warns us over and over and over and over again. He pursues us. He longs for that relationship with us. He longs to talk to us. He's pulling us back and he's saying, come back to me. I love with you. Dance with me. Dance with me, the lover of my soul. And he woos us all the time. In all of that, I can tell you, I battle when I see people just walking with sin with with absolutely nothing going on, like just feeling blasé about it. Because the God I serve, he is pursuing them, and I know he is because he pursued me, and I'm no different to any of you. 
So if he pursued me, I know he pursues every single one of you. And he's pulling you back and he's saying, that's not the road for you. That's not the life I intended for you. You are a son and a daughter of God and there's so much, so much. You're the righteousness of God. You are his joy, the apple of his eye. Get that inside here. Because when he looks at you, he sees a son, righteous, because Jesus is in front of you and you are forgiven. You are whole, just the way you are. I am, when I looked at that spiritual blindness, I was, I was horrified and I knew I needed to get off this roller coaster. And in an instant, I was standing back at the gate. And I'll never forget this huge, big demon of condemnation spewing out this yellow, vile, smelling odor, saying to me, you are not worth it, you are guilty, get back. And I'll never forget looking at him and saying to him, get out of my way. I am a child of the Most High God. Get out of my way in Jesus' name. And instantly, I was standing on the other side of that gate, and Jesus took a hold of my hand. And I walked with him. No words said, but I knew, I knew it's going to be a good walk. He's going to heal me. He's going to help me, and he's going to make me strong again because I know that my Redeemer lives. He's the lifter of my head when I'm down. He helps me in my distress. Guys, he has us. He loves us. We are his. Get alone. And then lastly, be consumed. Dave knows sometimes in our house it doesn't look like there's any rest in the morning. I'm like shouting for bed, put your socks on, <laughs> get ready for school. And I'm like looking and we've got like 15 minutes left and it's like a, a war house in our, in our house in the mornings. And most of the time it's because I get up in the morning and I spend five o'clock, I, I have my coffee and I'm sitting having time with the Lord and I get so consumed, I don't want to get out of that presence and I, I just get into a place of worship, I try and put music on and I just listen and before I know it, it's like quarter past six and we're supposed to be leaving at quarter to seven. And then it's like, do, 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 hurry up, wake up, <laughs> have your breakfast. And then it's back in the car again and that rest comes. It's the most amazing thing. And, and you see my, my confidence there. And I say, why, when, when we're in the car? Because I've, I've never got her to school late. Even when it feels like we're going to be late, I've never, ever got her to school late. And I'm completely relaxed now when I get in. doesn't matter what the traffic's like. doesn't matter how blocked up it is. I'm like, we're cool. We're going to get to school on time. And we do. It's the most bizarre thing. <laughs> Janet gave me a, um, a brooch a few years ago, and it was a big rose. And I'll never, I'll never forget looking at the rose. And I, straight away I looked at it and I thought, Jesus Christ, the Rose of Sharon. And he said to me, no longer will you walk according to the time of this world. Because my time is ticking inside of you. And 
I will, I will watch over your footsteps. I will make your crooked path straight. I will get you wherever you need to go. And, and it's, sometimes it's, I've got to remind myself of that. I've got to remind myself, it's going to be okay. We're going to get there. Rest. Um, we've got to understand, guys, even feeding the homeless, you can get to a place of, do we have enough food? Do we have enough helpers? And suddenly you start to panic. But I'm like, he supplied our needs from three years ago. We had enough food. Last year we had enough food. And this year we had more than enough food. We had so much food, we were sending food out. So much food. Your cup overflows when you are consumed, that it runs over onto others. And that's where the blessing of other people comes in because you do not have enough. You've got so much that it just oozes out. You can't help it. Get full of him. Get consumed by him and let him flow out onto other people. When um, we got so many rolls the one day, uh, we had bread, 70 loaves of bread and about 400 rolls. And we were having um, bunny chars the next two days. So we couldn't keep the bread because it was all sliced bread. So I suddenly thought the ark might need bread. So I phoned the guy at the ark. I messaged him and I said to him, do you guys need bread? And he sends back, yes, we do. So I go there and I take the bread. The guy in the kitchen comes out and the two of them are looking at each other and they're both shaking their head. He says, 10 minutes before my message came, the guy from the kitchen came to the guy who got the message and said, we've run out of bread. Lord, people, he supplies every single need. Get into that state of, and I'm going to end with this. Psalm 95, David, a man after God's heart, he says, Today, if you will hear my voice, do not harden your hearts as if in the rebellion, as in the day of the trial of the wilderness. When your fathers tested me, they tried me, though they saw my work. For 40 years I was grieved with that generation and said, It is a people who go astray in their hearts, and they do not know my ways. So I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter my rest. And then he says to us in Hebrews 4, from verse 1 to 10, he talks about us entering his rest. He talks about David's prayer of saying today. And then he says, thus we must make every effort to enter that rest. Because today, there is an urgency regarding the offer of rest. It must be seized while it is today, for a tomorrow, for a tomorrow is coming when it will be too late. Today, today is that promise of rest. And rest appears to be a day by day, one day at a time experience. It's not something that we believe for the moment, but rather something we believe and lay hold of day after day after day after day. But it all starts with intimacy. It all starts with getting with him, getting to a place of just spending time in his presence. Be with Abba Father. He longs to talk to you. He longs to hear from you. He's crazy about you. He loves you. And there's nothing, nothing, nothing that, that can separate you from that love. Nothing.
So be blessed. Just before you go, I'd like Donna to pray for us. Um, you might have th- asked, you know, how long does it take to prepare a sermon like that? Teaching a message. But that's a life message. And she's been able to put it into 30 minutes. And something touched your heart. There was a space where it just said, I need to find rest. I'm going to only find that through intimacy. And in that place, God is going to heal me and set me free. I was going to ask, who needs that today? Would you stand up? But I think every one of us need that today. So I wonder if we could just stand up together in a posture of of receiving. I'm going to ask Donna just to pray from that message, a 30-minute compression of a lifetime that I sat there and I'm just so grateful to God for, for these lives among us, like Donna and so, so many, that can carry the grace of Jesus Christ. Yeah, pray for us. Yeah, I've got that, Steve. Thank you. Thank you, Father. Holy Spirit. Come and be amongst your people. These are yours, your beloved, the ones you long to dance with and be with. And I pray, Father, as you showed me that place that you just longed for me to just come and sit in your presence and allowed you to work through the hurt and the pain and made me whole again and just made me realize who I was through Christ. And it's always been about Jesus It's always been because he is worthy, I am worthy. Because he is worth it, I am worth it. Because he is holy, I am holy. So I pray that for every person standing here. Lord, your family, our family, our body. Father, I pray for every single person here today, for every family represented here today. Lord, I just pray your absolute hunger and thirst over them. I pray that you'll make them so hungry, Lord, that this message would permeate their hearts, Father, and that you'd wake them up, Father, just like you woke me up, Father, but that they have that longing to, to hear from you at those early hours of the morning. Father, that even like as my son goes out into the surf, Lord, wherever they are, that place, Lord, where they feel at rest with you, I pray that you would speak to them, that you would give them that newfound love, that intimacy, that closeness, of a dad, of a father who loves them, and the closeness of a friend in Jesus, our very close companion, and our teacher, the precious Holy Spirit. Teach us and guide us, we pray, every day, day by day. Lord, and I just thank you, Father, even as I was on that roller coaster, Father, that caught in the devil's playground, just caught in the things of this world that are so wrong and and just keep us away from you. Father, I pray for them. I just pray, Lord, that you would show them that they are more than what their sin is telling them that they are, that you will show them that they are forgiven, that they are righteous, that, Father, that they would see their sin nailed to that cross but also that they would have an urgency in their spirits that it's not going to be a decision made tomorrow. Leave those things today. 
let those things get behind you today and make that decision to walk in freedom, to let him rule and reign in your life, to let him be your everything, that, that peace may rule and reign in your life, that you can put your head down at night and rest peacefully and wake in the morning with a joy and an expectation that he's going to show you something great and wonderful the next day. So thank you, Father, for forgiveness of sins. Thank you that you forgive us, Father. If anybody needs that forgiveness of sins right now, I just say, Lord, on their behalf, I just say I'm sorry. Father, sorry for doing my own thing. Sorry for running my own life. Sorry for forgetting about you. Please come and make my life right. Help me to forgive those who have hurt you, Father. Help me not to blame others, but to look within that you are the God 